Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Drinks with Allie podcast, where we're talking everything from red, red wine to pina coladas. I'm your host, Allie Knipp. Today is Wednesday, December 23rd, so that means it's Wine Wednesday, and it's Christmas Eve Eve. So it's two days before Christmas. Today, I will be answering our very first listener question. Okay, so it's actually the second question, but the first question I want to do as a bit of a series, so I'd figured I'd sneak this one in first. A couple of reminders before we get started. If you like the podcast, I'd be so very grateful if you could hit the subscribe button on iTunes, leave a review, or share the podcast with a friend. The more people that subscribe, the more people will see the podcast, and then we'll be able to do to make more and even better content. Um, and have more cool things to talk about. Number two, there's no Friday show this week with it being Christmas and the library not um, being open. They have reduced hours. And again, I post these when I get to the library each week. I will instead release a second Spotify playlist on Friday so that you will have something from me. Um, Next week, we should be back to our regularly scheduled three episodes uh, a week kind of schedule. Uh, On the Spotify note, today's playlist is if Champagne were an artist, he'd be Frank Sinatra. So proper champagne that comes from Champagne, France. We will do playlists for Cava, Prosecco, and Sparkling Wine later on. So much like Champagne, there's a Frank Sinatra song for every mood. Celebrating something, they've got you covered. In love, definitely in their wheelhouse. Falling out of love, sad, or in need of a pick-me-up. Champagne and Frank are there for you. With that... Let's jump into this question. So our question comes from Janet, and Janet asks, Do you know anything about Gammy Noir grapes? They were a thing in Oregon a few years ago, but I have had a terrible time tracking down any information on them, let alone on actual wine. Apparently, they are closely related to Pinot Noir and may not be distinct enough to warrant their own category. So I thought I would ask an expert. Well, firstly, Janet, thank you so much for your question and for thinking I'm an expert. While I certainly try to know a lot and I study as much as I can, I wouldn't call myself an expert, but I will certainly give this a shot. Um, I think anybody who calls himself an expert in wine, you know, there's a lot to know. And the more you know, the more you know you don't know. So to start, Gamay is its own very distinct grape varietal. Saying it's kind of like Pinot Noir and not distinct enough for its own category would be like calling a Frenchman. He's basically an Italian because they're both European. Um, they're related, but they aren't really the same. Um, so Gamay has a long and very storied history, one that stretches back to the Romans. They brought it with them to France when they left Italy. It has since fallen out of favor in the more Southern regions because of its growing. Um, and they left it in France. The first recorded history stems from the mid 1300s in Bone, which is in Burgundy, France, but in 1395, the Duke of Burgundy, Philippe the Bold, outlawed Gamay in favor of, his words, not mine, the more elegant Pinot Noir, and the traitorous Gamay was kicked out. Uh, the Gamay Noir grape then migrates south to Beaujolais. Uh, Beaujolais is another distinctive wine-growing region and happens to just basically sit at the tip of the south end of Burgundy. In Beaujolais, though, Gamay flourished. The climate appealed to the grapes. It ripened. It ripens earlier than Pinot Noir by a full two weeks, which allows Beaujolaisans to get their wine to market much faster than any other wine-producing region in France, which 
at that time also meant the English market, which is we're talking around the 19th century. Um, and England at that time was the largest consumer of wine. Um, now, as far as genealogy is concerned, the University of California at Davis has a professor by the name of Carol Meredith, um, who has done DNA genome sequencing on basically all of the grape varietals in the world. Um, she's a pretty cool lady. She also owns a winery out in California in the Napa Valley. Um, and she's done de figured out who all of the parents are for most of the classic varietals, if not most of the varietals in the world. Uh, so for Gamay, Pinot Noir is one of its parents. So they are closely related. But like I said, they are a distinctive, different DNA grape. Um, Pinot Noir also happens to be the parent of over 16 of the most classic and well-known varietals. He's a busy little bee when it comes to breeding and uh, definitely covers a lot of kind of the known grape varietals out there. Pinot Noir also happens to be a grape that mutates its genes a lot. There's a, a lot of different Pinot Noir clones out there. Now, as far as where Gamay Noir grows, it grows just about everywhere. In France, you have Beaujolais as well, as well as the Loire Valley. There's Switzerland, Turkey, a little bit in Italy, Australian small numbers, and probably, I would totally be guessing at this, but I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here, guys, and say in the cooler pockets of Australia, um, where it's a little bit easier to grow. Canada loves Gamay. It grows in all three of our major wine-growing regions, Ontario, British Columbia, Nova Scotia. Ontario grows a lot of it in the Niagara Peninsula as well as in Prince Edward County. There's even a winery in Niagara called Chateau des Charmes that discovered their very own and distinctive clone or gene mutation of the Gamay Noir varietal. So basically, the grape's DNA changed in the field and became its own separate varietal. It's called Gamay Duat. Um, because it was discovered growing straighter and taller than the other Gamay Noir around it. And Paul Bosch, the original winemaker and owner of the winery, um, saw it and he took cuttings from it. And now they have a whole vineyard that grows just Gamay Duat. Uh, it's really cool. Very interesting story. California does grow some Gamay Noir, but it can be hard to decipher uh, what is true Gamay Noir there and what is just early ripening Pinot that somebody happened to call Gamay Noir. Um, California has a big storied history of calling grapes by different names because they did things that the grape that they named it, what they did without actually knowing what they were calling things, um, especially because vineyards passed in and out of the hands of people who were grape growers and winemakers back and forth um, from the kind of mid-1800s to the mid-1900s. Um, there was a lot of vineyards that were planted and then gotten rid of and then replanted and then new owners bought them. And it's a big project. That's where um, Professor Meredith came in and kind of figured out what a lot of the blocks were for people. Now, interestingly that you said, uh, you mentioned Oregon, uh, the Oregon grows a ton of it, and specifically the Willamette Valley grows oodles and oodles of Gamay. Uh, there's even a festival devoted to Gamay Noir in Portland every year called I Love Gamay. However, a lot of producers in Oregon will just throw their Gamay Noir into their Pinot Noirs in order to enhance the color and flavors of their Pinots, which is really sad because Gamay is so great on its own. Now for tasting notes, Gamay Noirs 
tend to fall into two kinds of distinct styles. The first being more of like a nouveau style, so similar to Beaujolais Nouveau. And the second is a drier, more refined, kind of similar to Pinot Noir style, a little bit more elegant. Nouveau style tends to be fruit forward, so thinking raspberries, strawberries, sour cherry, and plum, with hints of figs. They are higher in acid and are meant to be drunk in their vintage year. So vintage year. If the grapes grow in 2020, you should drink those wines in 2020 if you're drinking a Beaujolais Nouveau. Um, Beaujolais even has a celebration of its Nouveau release every year on the fourth Thursday of November, just in time for Thanksgiving down there in the U.S. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, This tradition falls back to when the négociants, or producers in Beaujolais, would rush to get their gamay-based wines to the market as fast as possible um, so that they would beat out all the other producers and they would get the money before everybody else and they would be the first ones there. Um, So it still happens. We still drink Beaujolais very young and very fresh and refined. Um, The second style, and a little bit more of an ageable style. So if you're looking for a bottle that maybe you don't have to drink it, you know, it comes out in November, you don't have to drink it by the end of December, um, tends to come from new world producers. So again, Canada, Oregon, New Zealand. New Zealand does grow a small amount of Gamay Noir. They can be harder to get here in the Americas. So I know up here in Canada, we have a hard time finding them. Um, But every once in a while, you'll get lucky and you'll find one. Uh, again, these wines are still very fruit forward. So those red fruits coming up again, raspberries, mulberries, red currants, strawberries. But we also see the emergence of things like violets, peonies, and even potting soil or earthy notes. Um, it's a bit of a stylistic change and it's a lot to do with how they're grown and where they're grown. It tends to be a little bit cooler. So you get a little bit more of those Uh, earthy notes, but it also, they have a little bit of age to them. They do tend to see a little bit of barrel aging, um, but not necessarily uh, in the new world versus in the old world. So in uh, specifically in Beaujolais. Now Gamay Noir is an excellent food rind, especially if you have people eating a multitude of dishes. So if you're going out for dinner and you're ordering a bottle for the table uh, and you don't know what to do you know you want a red, but you're not really sure because you don't want everybody's eating. Gamay Noir is a great way to go. Um, it's great with all of the fowl, so chicken, turkey, duck. It's fantastic with pork and with fish. Um, just watch your spice level. Uh, if it if your food is really spicy, Gamay is going to get overwhelmed by that spice because it can't doesn't really have the ability to cut through that because it doesn't have any sweetness and it's not really super tannic or anything like that. All of the earthy veggies rock with Gamay Noirs as well. So thinking roasted potatoes, mushrooms, eggplant, squash. It's also outstanding with cheese and charcuterie boards. So basically all of the cheeses like to be friends with Gamay, with the exception of blue cheese. Blue cheese, not such a great great fan. So again, if you're having like a grazing board at a party or anything like that, Gamay is a great wine to pick. If I'm going to a party and have to bring wine, which I usually do, um, I tend to be the person that has to bring the drinks or at least some of them. I always try to grab a Gamay. Like rosés, it suits whatever anyone is doing or eating or drinking 
or not drink. I would hope they aren't drinking something else as well as their gamay. Um, but it's a little bit, a little bit food friendly. It's a little bit easy for everybody to consume. Nobody's going to be over, overly offended by it. Um, and it's just a really great wine. For finding Gamay Noirs, look for Beaujolais, so Nouveau or Village. Uh, Beaujolais is spelled B-E-A-U-J-O-L-A-I-S. So Nouveau would be the ones that are produced and put out the same year. Village, they have a little bit of aging on them, but not a whole ton. Uh, wines from the Loire Valley in France, specifically under the growing regions of saint Procain. Côte du Forez, Côte d'Auvergne, and Côte Ronet um, are also Gamay-based wines. They can be a little bit harder to find. Um, so on a label, it's going to say um, one of those regions, and then underneath it's going to say Loire Valley. French wine labels are a little bit harder to read than New World wine labels. Not going to lie, it can be a little hard. Once you're in the New World, though, it gets a little bit easier. It may take some looking and some digging to find, but you should be able to find a few hidden gems from Oregon or Canada, New Zealand, or even California. Now, this is where finding a really good wine or liquor shop or like liquor store, wherever you buy your wine or beer or spirits with really knowledgeable staff will go a long, long way in helping you get your hands on some Gamay Noir. Um, there are... I know, um, I happen to know Janet and I know that she lives in the States. So I know there are a few different shops that you can actually order online and they will ship direct to you. Um, one of the really good ones uh, I love is called Vivino. It's actually an app for your phone and it allows you to category, um, catalog your wine labels that you've tasted over this year. And from there, you can actually order wine if you happen to live somewhere where you can do that. I can't do that here. Um, Or you can always try traveling to different regions. Um, So again, I know Janet happens to live down near Oregon. So the Willamette Valley, if you can get get yourself there, obviously once the restrictions are lifted, uh, that's a great way to do it. You'll be able to meet with the producers themselves or at least experience going to the winery, which is always a lot of fun. New World wines tend to be labeled by their varietal, so that should make it a whole heck of a lot easier for you to find a Gamay-based wine versus having to remember, okay, I need to look for a Beaujolais or a Loire, specifically a Cojonet, um, and it can just be a little bit simpler for you. Um, Like I said, though, find a good wine shop or find a shop online and do it that way. A lot of the smaller wine shops do actually are actually online now, so you don't have to worry about, oh, I'm buying from like a big conglomerate. Um, there isn't like an Amazon of wine, though I'm sure Amazon would get into selling wine if they could. So Janet, I hope that helps and everyone else. Gamay is such a cool grape and expresses so many different styles from light and poppy to refined and elegant There's even some sparkling versions out there if you can get your hands on them that I really hope everybody enjoyed learning about Gamay. Uh, I love this grape. I think it's fantastic. Uh, With that, we will wrap up our episode. Remember, there is no show on Friday, but a bonus playlist uh, called Cinnamon Rolls and Mimosas are my favorite Christmas tradition. Again, if you want to get a hold of me, you can hit me up at the by emailing me 
drinkswithally at gmail.com. So D-R-I-N-K-S-W-I-T-H-A-L-I at gmail.com. You can head over to the website, which is drinkswithally.com and fill in the contact us form. You can leave a comment on any of uh, the podcast posts or any of the blog posts too. You can uh, let me know if you have a question, a comment, a concern, a show topic idea that you want to hear about, a drink you're really enjoying right now so we can discuss it. I'd love to know what you guys are drinking over the holidays. Uh, Again, if you need to catch me on social media, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, and MeWe, all at Drinks with Allie. So with that, guys, have a Merry Christmas, a great weekend. Fill your glass with something tasty. Talk soon. Cheers, everyone.